Welcome to Bible Fellowship Assembly Sunday Morning Messages. Today in our first virtual gathering, Dave Jenkinson shares from Titus chapter 3, verses 1 through 15, the 21st part of the series, The Household of God. And now, here's Dave. Son, he is worthy of our adoration and worship. And we pray that enough as he is, and that we might truly worship as you would desire. Lord, we thank you again for each one that is gathered together with us this day. We pray your blessing upon them. And for those who are suffering, as we've already prayed, many of us have already lifted up those who are suffering in distress, uh, suffering even with this COVID-19. We ask, Lord, that you might be near them, that in the midst of their distress, they may call out, Whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so we ask, Lord, that these may call upon you and come to faith in Jesus. Thank you again for this time together. And we give you our thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, this is uh, some time that uh, we had never anticipated. I'm sure most of you would agree that you never expected in your wildest dreams that you would be sitting uh, looking at uh, myself or we hopefully have other speakers that will be coming online shortly in the near weeks ahead. And uh, we're being told to think outside the box. And, and three common expressions we keep hearing over and over again, um, moving into uncharted territory. These are difficult times. And keep your social distancing. And this is uh, very, very challenging. But let's remember that the Bible has over 200, at least in my estimation, places where it says, do not be afraid, fear not. This is amazing because the Lord is reminding us that in the midst of this difficult time, we need to trust in the Lord. Isaiah 49 verse verse 9 puts it well, O Zion, you who bring good news, get up to the high mountain, O Jerusalem, you who bring good tidings. Lift up your voice with strength, lift it up, do not be afraid. Say to the cities of Judah, Behold your God. And again, this is part and parcel of of what is um, uh, an antidote for fear, and that is the Lord himself. Just as the Bible begins with these four words, In the beginning, God. If he is your beginning, you do not need to fear. You shall fear the Lord your God, though, yes, we are called to fear him and to serve him. As it says in Deuteronomy 6, verse 13. And verse 24, he said, he commanded us to observe all these statutes to fear the Lord our God for our good always, that he might preserve us alive as it is this day. Timothy, uh, the section that we studied earlier on our expository studies, says it this way, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, of power, and of soundness of mind. And that's really what we need, isn't it, today? Soundness of mind. We have a delicate balancing act, a walk of faith and a walk of prudence. And both are part of God's walk for us. And so, thanks for all of you who prayed uh, for us as we went to visit with my father during following his recent time of hospitalization. You know, most of you know that he had 
uh, surgery after falling while snowblowing. Yes, he's 89, but he still likes to snowblow. Fortunately, that's off the list of things he can do right now. And, in fact, he's actually uh, disposed of the snowblower to my my brother, and uh, we are certainly glad to see that that's off the list. He was doing the snowblowing and fell, was in the surgery. We visited him March the 9th, and thank you for those of you who prayed for Becky and I as we traveled down to assist in his um, recovery. Now, having said to assist in his recovery, it's a, it's a miracle. That's the only way I can describe it. He had brain surgery, and he was at home when we visited him. He, listen, we were out getting groceries, and I'm not exaggerating to say this, folks. I couldn't keep up with my dad. Like, he's walking faster than I'm walking, and he's walking longer than I'm walking. My knees were giving me problems, and here's my dad just, well, my cousins know well. He was regaling us with his many a multitude of jokes, and if I could remember even one of them, but they were funny at the time, and uh, it's certainly so true. So thank you for your prayers for us. We certainly have appreciated the uh, the the way in which God led us down and even led us back to this moment. Uh, indeed, it's uh, it's been a blessing. So the two extremes we have to have to avoid in this is uh, something that Nicole Nordman posted on one of her tweets. She said, "If I see one more tweet from members and pastors of large churches who are still gathering and decided that they are covered by the blood of Jesus and Satan ain't going to win by keeping me away from the house of God." Let me remind you that God's presence has never been and never will be contained in a building. We have the blessing of advanced science and leaders in the medical field who are appealing to the brain side, the same brain that the sovereign God put in your skull for the purpose of being actually used at this moment. So leaders, you are charged with shepherding your people well. Do your job. Communicate hope and reality. The blood of Jesus still covers you at home where you can submit to restrictions and guidelines that gas know more about this pandemic than you. Love your church as well by leading them in truth. Continue to gather in large worship places is not standing your ground against Satan. It's choosing not to love and protect the most vulnerable neighbors in your flock. And now I know you know that there are churches who are continuing to meet. They say so under the conviction. Well, Acts 5, 26, um, 28. Do we not strictly command you not to teach in this name? Look, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood on us. But Peter and the other apostles said, we must obey God rather than man. Well, we're doing what we are called to do right now. We're called to obey God rather than man. And we are called to obey man as well. For example, uh, Titus, in his passage, um, and our godly elders have agreed that we will continue monitoring the situation and that we will not be meeting publicly with the current COVID crisis. This is not about fear but rather acknowledgement that we must show love one for another. And so let's look at chapter 3 in our passage in front of us, Titus chapter 3, and read the passage in front to see where it fits in this sequence of our lives. Remind them to be subject to rulers and authorities, to obey, to be ready for every good work, to speak evil of no one, to be peaceable, gentle, showing all humility to all men. For we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving various lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. But when the kindness and the love of God, our Savior, toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. Through the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us abundantly. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior, 
that having been justified by his grace, we should become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. This is a faithful saying, and these things I want you to affirm constantly, that those who believe in God should be careful to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable to men. So let's just, by way of a quick review, look again at what Titus was all about. The book of Titus, uh, the theme for the book is found in verse 5 of chapter 1. For this reason, he says, For this reason I left you in Crete, that you should set in order the things that are lacking and appoint elders in every city, as I commanded you. In other words, Paul is writing to his son in the faith, Titus, working in the island of Crete, establishing new churches, and his reason for writing is to set in order the things that are lacking. In other words, organize and help establish the new uh, church, but also to appoint elders, appoint leaders. Leadership is very, very important. Now, remember, Paul wrote, writes that the most important part of building a new movement, such as Jesus planned, was to be in those leaders. This is showing out that Jesus spent three years with his disciples and then sent them out. We've already looked at First and Second Timothy, what much has been said about leaders, both elders and deacons, and the qualifications. As we would say in Scripture, as go the shepherds, so go the sheep. And so the elders are encouraged and the deacons are encouraged to live a life of godly examples. We have already talked a little bit about this in, first, in Titus's letter as well. But now he looks at the need for more than just leadership in chapter 1. More than in chapter 2, the work of young men, young women, uh, bond servants or slaves, the older ones. But there's also reminders about authorities. And this is the start of our message. Chapter 3 begins the need to be submissive to authorities. And he uses four, wor- four short phrases to tell us how we are to do this. Remind them with gentleness. Remind all with gentleness. The, the theme of gentleness is, is something that some of us, including myself at times, um, have a more of a difficult time with. Um, sometimes my voice, perhaps your voice, seems harsh. We get exuberant sometimes, and it sounds like we're harsh. May our hearts dictate the gentleness both in our voice and our actions. Paul would put it this way in 2 Corinthians 10.1. Paul, my Paul, and myself am pleading with you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ, who is present and lowly among you, but being absent and bold towards you. And in Philippians 4, verses 4 through 7. Philippians 4, 4 through 7 puts it this way. Rejoice in the Lord again. Again I say to you, rejoice. And let your gentleness be made known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So there is gentleness. Let your gentleness be known to all men. Rejoice. And again I say rejoice. By the way. Have you, have you really thanked the Lord for COVID-19? That's a question that I'm going to pose to you. Because if we have 
a circumstance that comes into our life, how, no matter how devastating, no matter how terrible, no matter how difficult, we are commanded as Christians to give thanks in all things and for all things. I would encourage you to take a moment, if not during this message, sometime after, to look up to God and say, God, Lord, thanks for this time and this situation we find ourselves. And thank you for COVID-19. I don't know how it works. I don't know how it fits. But thank you. All things work together for good to those who love God. I was talking to a friend not too long ago. He was getting all set to go to a southern part of the uh, U.S. And uh, the day before he was to leave, he got some bad news. He knows, if he's listening, he knows who I'm talking about. He got some bad news, and he was pretty devastated. It hit him pretty hard because he was really looking forward to some time in the sun, some time away. And I, you know, I tried to encourage him, look, at all things work together for good. You don't have to worry. Somehow this is part of God's plan for good. We didn't know about COVID. We didn't know about closures. We didn't know about cruise ship lines being closed down. We did not know about toilet paper panic. We didn't know these things. All we knew is God is good. And when I get a chance to talk to my friend, I'm going to ask him, how is your perspective about that disappointment that you had back in January? God is good. So we're to go with gentleness. We're also to go with obedience. Obedience is something, he says it this way, be submissive to magistrates, public authorities, to obey magistrates, be ready for every good effort and project. Obedience. Wow. You know, we're to be obedient to those who are in authorities above us. And we're to do it with respect. In the verse 2, it says, speak evil of no one. Speak evil of no one. Now, this is, this is amazing. At the point in time that Paul is talking to Titus, the Roman government had outlawed Christianity. There was active persecution going on by both the Roman authorities and the Jewish authority who were still persecuting the Christians. And he says, show respect. Our presidents, we need to show respect. Our prime ministers, we need to show respect. Our mayors, we need to show respect. As Christians, we should never be the ones on the front line dissing our authorities. Please hear me. We are to show love and respect. The word actually, when it says do not speak respect disrespectfully, it actually is, is the root word of the word blaspheme. It means like swearing at them. And I mean, so many Facebook posts and so many times I've seen things that have been dissing those in authorities. Please keep that in mind as a Christian. Paul tells the man, Titus, teach him to show respect, to speak evil of no one, to be peaceable. By the way, you say, well, I want to be like Jesus. Jesus was entirely respectful and all things which were very, very strong. Matthew 22, verses 15 to 22. Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar? The Pharisees plot how they could entangle him. And they come to him asking that. And he says to them, show me the money. 
and they brought him a denarius, and he said, whose image and description is this? And he said, Caesar's. And he says, rent it to Caesar's, the things that are Caesar's. This is tax time. We need to render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to render to God the things that are God's. Matthew 8, verses 8 to 13, we have another example. Here's a man, a centurion, a Roman, one who by law was a foreign invader living in the land. And Jesus deals with him in very much love and respect. And he comes to him and says to him, I'm not worried that you should come under my into my house, but speak the word and my servant will be healed. For I'm a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes, and to this one, come, and he comes. And Jesus, when he heard it, he said to those who followed, Surely I say to you, I have not found so great faith, even in Israel. And then John 18, when Pilate entered the praetorium again and called Jesus, this is at the time of his crucifixion. He says, are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus says, Am I, are you speaking about this yourself, or did others tell you this concerning me? Pilate answered, am I a Jew? And your own nation, chief priests, have delivered you to me. What have you done? My kingdom is not of this world. Remember that. The kingdom of God is not of this world, according to Jesus. Very own words. And so we have the desire that we should show respect. Paul had a similar attitude towards authority. I love the Apostle Paul. Here's a man who was of the tribe of Benjamin, one of the smallest tribes, a man who was uh, going towards, uh, uh, against the Lord Jesus, but he got a hold of him on that road to Damascus. Mm -hmm. And Paul's attitude towards authority, Romans 13, let every soul be subject to governing authorities. There is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Therefore, whoever resists authority resists the ordinance of God, and those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. And that, you can read the entire uh, section, verses 1 through 8 of Romans 13. Second, First uh, Timothy 2, Paul also says, Therefore I urge, first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving thanks be made to all men, for all men, for kings and all those who are in authority. So if you have a beef with those who are your elected officials, take it to prayer. Uh, there's nothing wrong with respectfully letting them know in a, in a, in a letter per chance. You don't have to make the letter public, but take it to prayer. You know, these people have given up a lot to serve and we need to show respect. And then finally, there has to be humility towards all persons. Come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. This is the very words of the Lord Jesus in Matthew eleven twenty-eight to 30. He showed a humility when he went to the cross. He is the Lord of the universe. He is the one that spoke and the worlds came to being. And there he is, extending his arms and allowing them to nail him to the cross. And this is what Titus is being reminded for. In verses 3, he, uh, Paul reminds the, uh, the writer, uh, the reader, Titus, that we have a history. We have a past life and we have a present life. 
We once were foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving various lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. I'm going to say something that may uh, be challenging for some. And here's what the Word of God says. 2 Corinthians 5.17 If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old has passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Titus was being reminded, and the Christian Christians were being reminded, there is an old life that happens before the cross, before repentance, before faith, before being born again, and there's a new life after the cross. It's not just a religious life before the cross and a religious life after the cross. There is life. Jesus Christ did not come into the world to make good men better. He came into the world to make dead men alive. And we, Paul says in Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, we were dead in trespasses and sins. But you have he made alive. And he says this as well, but when the kindness and love of our God and Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. There are some that say, I don't know if I'm saved. I can't be sure I'm saved. But Paul says, he saved us. As we were driving through Nova Scotia, I love that little spot, not too far from Earltown. Somebody put on the side of their barn, we had to stop and take a picture. Jesus saves. He does. He saves us. And he washes us by the regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Spirit. The word regeneration actually is the word rebirth. And uh, Paul is alluding and reminding us that there was a lack of life. And now there is new life. I love what Ezekiel in uh, verses uh, 36, I believe it is, says. I'm just going to turn to it real quickly here. He says this in verses 36 of Ezekiel. I will give you a new heart and a new spirit within you. I will take out that heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you will keep my judgments and do them. Yes, it came through the rebirth of the Holy Spirit. It came through Jesus Christ, whom he abundantly poured out through Jesus Christ, our Savior, being declared righteous by his grace. We have become inheritance, inheritors according to the hope of eternal life. So we have priorities now in practice. And he says in the next verses, this is a faithful saying. Uh, studying that particular phraseology, it literally says this is the word, logos, of our belief. It's rather interesting because that's very, very important. This is a faithful saying. seems to suggest the idea this is a good proverb, but it's more, it's stronger than that. Paul is saying to the Christians at Crete and to us today, do you have the word, the logos of faith? Do you have the word of belief? Now, we're not talking about um, some doctrinal statements that, simil that use the similar terms. I'm talking about the fact that Jesus is the Logos. John chapter 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Logos was God. And then he goes on to say, and he made all things. And then he goes on to say, and he dwelt amongst us. He tabernacled amongst us, verse 14. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So do you manifest in your teaching, in your life, Jesus? 
if we do not see Jesus in our lives, if others do not see Jesus in our lives, if they just see rigid Christians or or fleshly Christians, and they don't see Jesus, then we've missed the whole point of why we exist. We are to preach the word. Paul told the apostle Timothy, or Timothy uh, preach the word. Be instant, in season, out of season. We are to preach not the rima, although that is part of the word. That is the graphic, but rather we are to preach Jesus. And so, as a result, there will be less concerns about disputes, genealogies, debates, fighting, and disunifying people. And that's the latter part of this chapter. And instead, we have fruitful actions, verses 12 to 15. Promptness, nothing lacking, learning to maintain good works, being or meeting urgent needs, and not being unfruitful. Well, this has been our first effort to... Um, to reach out to you this day and to study this passage together. I'm sorry that it's such a, a jumbled of a message, but I trust that if something here of, of God will have spoken to your heart. And one last thing, are you reading your scriptures on a daily basis? As you do so, God will speak to you. God will touch you. God will guide you and help us to live in the midst of this very difficult time. Let's just close in prayer, shall we? Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this time together. We commit it to you and we ask that your name may be glorified and life will be transformed and there will be some who will say, this was the day I trusted in the Savior and I truly was born again. Lord, we thank you again for your love to us and we pray your protection upon each effort and we give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks once more for joining us, and we will see you again soon. God bless. Did you ask them to comment? Oh, yes, thank you. Um, please comment if you have any difficulty in getting this uh, this message, and God bless you in, in, in as you move forward for him. Thank you for listening. Come back next week for the next Sunday morning message from Bible Fellowship Assembly. Visit us on the web at bfa.church, where you will find our physical address and contact information. We'd love to see you if you are in the Timmins area, or drop us a line at info at bfa.church. Until next time.